to the Lady Preacher Podcast, a podcast for the progressive Christian, where we talk about an all-loving God, an embodied Christ, and an ever-moving spirit. Dive right in as we wrestle with what it means to live out our faith in the world. Hi, my friend. Thank you for being here, for taking the time to reflect and to listen to scripture and listen for where God is calling you. Today, we're diving into 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I'm reading from the Common English Bible. If I speak in tongues of human beings and of angels, but do not have love, I am just a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries and everything else, and if I have such complete faith that I can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away everything that I have and hand over my body to feel good about what I've done, but I do not have love, I receive no benefit whatsoever. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It does not brag. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It does not seek its own advantage. It is not irritable. It does not keep a record of wrongs. It is not happy with injustice, but is happy with truth. Love puts up with all things, trusts in all things, hopes for all things, endures all things. Love never fails. As for prophecies, they will be brought to an end. As for tongues, they will stop. As for knowledge, it will be brought to an end. We know only in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, what is partial will be brought to an end. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, reason like a child, think like a child. But now that I have become an adult, I have put an end to childish things. Now we only see a reflection in a mirror, but then we will see face to face. Now I know partially, but then I will know completely in the same way that I have been completely known. Now faith, hope, and love remain. These three things, and the greatest of these is love. Please pray with me. Beloved creator, God of love and God of grace, may we listen for your words today. May we hear this scripture with new hearts, with new ears. Guide us, oh God. Lead us. Lead us with your love. Open our hearts and our minds and fill our well today. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. The title of this message is Lead with Love. 
The alternate title, however, is Don't Be Full of You Know What. Or perhaps a more kind title would be Don't Just Talk About It, Be About It. When I did my teacher training for yoga in Costa Rica, we had zero gluten, zero dairy for 30 days. We meditated for about an hour and a half each day and practiced yoga for three or four hours. And all of us talked about how refreshed and renewed we felt, how we hope to continue some of these patterns after the training. And our teacher told us, you're going to want to go home and tell everyone to do all of these things. You're going to want to go home and tell people, wow, you should really cut out gluten and dairy. You'll feel so much better if you just meditated for an hour every day and did yoga for another two hours. But she warned us that oftentimes doing that causes more harm than good. Trying to force your habits, your newfound habits, especially on someone else who isn't necessarily ready or who hasn't walked the same journey as you could really cause a lot more harm than good because you're at different points in your path of your life. It can really cause more harm than good, she said. And somebody asked, well, so what do we do? And her response was, don't be full of you know what. In other words, practice what you preach. And others will see and want to get that same experience. They will see the peace that you have in your heart from your practices, and they'll want some of that peace for themselves. They'll see your transformation, and they'll want a part of that. They'll see the different way in which you walk through the world, and they'll say, man, I want that. Rather than force yourself and your experience on others, Just live into your own transformation in such a way that others will want that transformation for themselves. And this is really how early Christianity is actually believed to have spread. Yes, they did teaching and preaching and all of that, but really it was from people seeing the good that they were doing in the world. They'll know we are Christians by our love isn't just a pretty hymn or a trite cliche. It is actually what happened. The Jesus movement, the early Jesus movement was bankrolled by women, wealthy women who would then convert their husbands. Women, especially Roman women, would see how differently the women in the Jesus community were treated. They were treated as equals, that women were allowed to sit at the feet of a teacher in a place where a man normally sat. Children were cared for and respected and widows lifted up. People were healed. People were restored to community and they took care of one another. And people saw that and said, I want to be a part of that community. And hundreds of years later, during the plague, Christians survived in greater numbers because of the way they took care of people. Most folks died, yes, because of the plague, but also from dehydration and starvation. And it was Christians who gave folks water and food. 
And people witnessed this and said, I want to be a part of that community, a community that takes care of each other, that respects one another. I want to be a part of that community. A community that doesn't just talk about it. They live it. They live their message. When I was in college, I was an RA or a resident advisor. Sometimes I joke that I was a dorm mom. My responsibilities as an RA was primarily building community, but also, you know, ensuring that rules were followed, unlocking doors for people who had locked themselves out at three o'clock in the morning and various other duties as assigned. But like I said, it was primarily building community. And doing so wasn't just about hall events, like having folks over for tacos or putting brownies outside my door so that people would come by. But it was about building an atmosphere, creating an atmosphere of mutual trust, care and accountability. And a major piece of that was living by example. In our training, we were told you now live in a fishbowl. Everyone sees what you do. And so if your residents see you partying in another hall when you're off duty, you will lose all credibility for the next time you are on duty and have to write someone up in your hall for partying. Or if you are called upon to help someone who's struggling academically, but they have never seen you doing homework or studying at all, you have zero credibility. If you are someone who doesn't live by your word or they see you gossiping or anything like that, you lose all credibility in those moments. And so in this training for being an RA, we talked a lot about living into our values and what that looked like. It was a Catholic university. And so the, our faith was a huge part of this. How do we really live out our values? And my friend and fellow RA, Ivan Ibarra, coined the phrase, don't just talk about it, be about it. It was a phrase we started to repeat to each other often, be about it. And when I think of the values, especially as a Christian, when I think of the values I want to be about, the values that I want to embody, I think of 1 Corinthians 13, what we just read. This passage is often read at weddings, but it's not really about marital love. It goes deeper than that. It's about love within community, about how we embody God as love in community and in the world. And so I want to do an exercise with you. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 7 again. And I'm going to replace the word love with God. And I want you to listen as it describes God's character and who God is. And I'm doing this because we say God is love. And with this beautiful and powerful description of what love is, it gives us a description of who God is. So this is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, replacing the word love with God. God is patient. God is kind. God is not jealous. God does not brag. God is not arrogant. God is not rude. 
God does not seek God's own advantage. God is not irritable. God does not keep a record of wrongs. God is not happy with injustice, but is happy with the truth. God puts up with all things, trusts in all things, hopes for all things, endures all things. God never fails. It gives us such a clear picture of God's character, who God is. But we know from our creation stories that we are created in the image of God, that Jesus Christ, whom we are called to follow, is the embodiment of these things in our world. And we are called to be Christ in the world. So we are also called to be these things. And so there's a second part of this exercise that I want to do with you. I'm going to replace the word love with I. And I invite you to listen to these verses, to check in with yourself, almost as if it's a litmus test, but also just, are these the values that I want to embody in the world? I am patient. I am kind. I am not jealous. I do not brag. I am not arrogant. I am not rude. I do not seek my own advantage. I am not irritable. I do not keep a record of wrongs. I am not happy with injustice, but I'm happy with the truth. I put up with all things, trust in all things, hope for all things, endure all things. I never fail. When we think about what it means to not just talk about it, but be about it, that is what it means. That first Corinthians, love is patient and kind. When we think about what it means to be about it, it means to lead with that kind of love. Always. Always trying to embody that kind of love. And of course, we're humans, right? We won't always get it right. Just think about Peter. In Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus asks Peter and the disciples, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus tells him, happy are you, Peter, for your thoughts are not human thoughts, but are from God. You are the rock, the foundation upon which this church will be built. And then not even 10 verses later, Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. You will be a rock upon which I could stumble, get out of my way. And think about the difference between those two things, right? Not even 10 verses apart from each other. Jesus tells Peter, you are the rock that could cause me to stumble. Right after telling him he is the foundation, the rock upon which the church would be built. And so if Jesus can entrust the church to Peter, to a guy he just called Satan and a stumbling block, I think we can rest assured that God will also forgive us when we too miss the mark. When we sin, when we think human thoughts instead of God's thoughts, 
when we act out of alignment with love, when we just don't get it, God will forgive us. But here's the thing. God will also always keep pulling us in. God will always keep loving us, always keep trying to transform us. And that's why, that's why we practice our faith. That's why we come to church, why we go to church, not just because we love getting up early on Sunday mornings or because the coffee at coffee hour is so delicious. We come to be transformed. To not just sit in our comfort zone, but to allow God to move us, to transform us. We come and study our faith and listen for God so that we can have a light from God shined on the shadowy parts of our hearts and our lives. So that God can shine that light on those parts of ourselves that we don't like to admit that we have. So that we can be changed and transformed. So that we can live that prayer from the Psalms, which is written, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. We come to be transformed so that we can live in love as much as possible. So that God can shine that light on those shadowy parts and we can be transformed. And in our transformation, As God's light shines in us and through us, we begin to not just talk about it, but truly be about it. We start to lead with love, that 1 Corinthians 13 kind of love, that godly love that is patient and kind and humble, that seeks the best in others and for others, that does not keep a record of wrongs, that is unhappy at injustice and that hopes and trusts and endures and never fails. A community that leads with that kind of love is the kind of community I want to be a part of, the kind of person that I want to be. That's what I hope for, to lead with love and be a part of a community that leads with love. Amen. My friend, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so grateful for you. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. The Lady Preacher podcast is part of a nonprofit called Dancing Pastor Ministries. And you can find us online at dancingpastor.org or join the community by finding us on Facebook at Dancing Pastor Ministries. If you would like to be a part of supporting this podcast, there are many ways you can do that without giving monetarily. You can share our posts on social media, send an episode to a friend, or just leave a review. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so at dancingpastor.org slash give. My friend, you are a gift. Thank you for being here and God bless.